1: life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com if you're struggling to lose weight you've probably heard about weight loss medications like wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you meet PlushCare a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Flushcare.com slash weight loss. Need to stock up on any weather wardrobe staples? Check out American Giant for hoodies,
2: jackets, sweats, and more pieces you can wear anywhere, all made right here in the USA. Go to American-Giant.com and use code ANYSTYLE24 for 20% off your order. Hi, everyone. It's Kareem, the voice of Simon Fairchild and the Eternal Tavern Keeper. Today, I'm here to tell you about Celine, a podcast recently launched on the RQ Network. Step into Celine. A city cloaked in darkness and teeming with horrors. From evil headmistresses to murderous marionettes, black worm parasites, haunted hotels and eerie sleepwalkers. Meet the paranormal investigators of Needle Street, newly arrived to battle the encroaching malevolence. Inspired by Poe, Edward Gorey, and Agatha Christie, their adventures promise twisted mysteries and unforgettable characters. Immersive audio brings the city to life, blending dark humor with bone-chilling suspense. Join the investigators as they navigate Celine's shadows, where mystery and intrigue await at every turn. Experience the thrill of Celine in Dolby Atmos. That's S-E-L-E-N-E. Or visit www.rustyquill.com for more information.
3: Hi, everyone. Alex here. Just a reminder that this is part two of our season two Q&A episode. So if you haven't listened to part one, you should probably go back and listen to that first. Assuming you have, we'll be picking up exactly where we left off. Thanks again for your patience. And then another question, final one from Steve Red. Mm-hmm. The series does really well to avoid a lot of the worst horror cliches with a smart, if little overly curious, protagonists. Well. What are our most hated horror tropes, and do we find it hard to avoid them? Um... I'll dive in straight off the bat. I hate stupid protagonists. I don't mean like a misunderstanding here. Yeah, or... You say that, but
4: John's made some very poor choices.
3: Ah, but a bad choice isn't stupid. Yeah, fair. I I mean I mean genuinely like there is a roar and there is a scratching behind the door and blood is seeping out, so what do you do? You open the door. Don't open the door. No one would open don't open the door. That's stupid. That's a stupid protagonist.
4: Um mine is using sexual violence as a source of horror certain stories i i have heard generally generally by survivors do actually use horror very effectively as a means of exploring and coming to terms with that sort of thing but crucially they never it's never the horror like it really leaves a horror like a really nasty taste in my mouth when that sort of thing is equated to ghosts and you mm-hmm. know Mm-hmm. ghosts and mummies and all this sort of stuff and well it's the difference between trauma and horror yeah absolutely and oh, i i just really hate it. it it just it really bothers
3: me so this next one is from opera ghost 21 oh opera ghost although i do wonder what happened to opera ghosts 1 through 20 i mean there's more than 20 operas Ah, uh, fair fair word is gertrude and jürgen were played by johnny's parents fun word fact correct yes so the question for Johnny is how much of the characters and dialogue were initially written with them in mind? And what was it like working with your parents?
4: Uh, initially, none of it because it was never planned in that sort of sense.
3: Like we th- we never had a sit down meeting episode one going, Johnny, I need a vehicle for the entire Sims family. How do we make <laughs> this happen?
4: Uh, yeah, no, it was uh, very much we were looking for an actress to play Gertrude. Um, and at some point, I realized that a lot of the lines I've been writing, I'd kind of been reading in my mother's voice in my head, uh, and so I suggested it to Alex, and he said, "Don't be stupid." Uh, in and in I fairness, said,
3: I said, "All right, fine, we'll give it a go, sure." And then I listened to it, and it was amazing.
4: From a uh, from a meta narrative sense, it, it's quite pleasing uh that you know because of the, the role Gertrude plays yeah, in the, yeah, in the yeah. story, and so that was uh, how my mother got involved. And Jürgen, I mean, to be honest, we we just really struggled casting Jürgen. And, and then I
3: found out that your dad had a voice that like matches Christopher Lee, and you kept that under your hat. I like
4: I'd I'd forgotten my because my mother does uh, does do some sort of uh, reading stuff uh, sure. here and there, and my dad used to do some theatre stuff, but uh, it just wasn't in my mind as much. Um, and when we were casting around for someone to to play Jürgen, um, I sent him a couple
3: of lines, and uh, I was like, oh yeah, no. Bring him in too. And the second part of this, which was, and what was it like working with your parents? I'm going to answer for you. They're lovely. They are the They're loveliest fine. people to work with. Yeah, it was right. brilliant. Yeah, okay. Also, in real time, I got to listen to Gertrude telling yeah, the archivist, you you misspelled fine. that, correct your grammar. It's fine. <laughs> She's an
4: English teacher.
3: She has exacting standards. <laughs> so this next question... It's fine
4: working with your parents.
3: <laughs> it was it's great. fine. I loved it. So... Next one's from ethereal87. Mm -hmm. While reading a script or writing an episode, what were some of the episodes that creeped you out whilst reading them? And would you say you have a different answer after listening to a finished episode? So was something upsetting when writing and not when listening and vice versa?
4: Absolutely. It's different after listening because after listening, uh, they're not scary to me at all because... I don't particularly enjoy the sound of my own voice recorded because, I mean, no one does. So I find listening back, uh, I can't really get into it the same way I can when writing it because Mm.
3: my own voice is a bit distracting to me. So strap in for this one. Serious question. Right. Raharim 36. Right. If all of the employees of the Mangus Archives... John, Tim, Martin, Elias, Sasha, and let's say not Sasha okay, for a good okay, measure cool, cool, cool. were tossed into a Friday the 13th movie. Oh, right, all right. Which one is the last one alive? Or oh, the last one? Um, I, I have a strong opinion on this one. Do you? I think not Sasha because that's the interesting story movie. I there. mean, yeah, but Friday the, th- the Friday the
4: 13th movie is not an interesting story. Oh, it's a I may have X missed slasher. the point there. Yeah, yeah I, th- I, think, I think you have. Uh, I mean, I think uh, either
3: Sasha or Martin. Next one's from Prid via Reddit. Sure, sure. Do we record on a weekly basis or a block at a time? Uh, fortnightly
4: uh, chunk of episodes. A lot of it depends on how uh, guest actors'
3: schedules line up. And previously, whenever we had a multicast recording, it was a logistical nightmare. We had to do binge recordings. But now, what's happened, Alex? We're in our big, shiny, new Patreon-funded studio, which allows us to do multicast recordings oh, it's, whenever it's we want. I'm
4: stroking the I'm stroking the soundproof walls at the moment, but you can't hear because they're soundproof.
3: We're not under a duvet. It's brilliant. I love it. <laughs>
4: Mess the duvet.
3: When the archivist isn't battling the forces of evil, what does he do for fun? Uh, I think he reads a lot of non-fiction, watches uh, documentaries. The idea that John has any fun whatsoever. Uh, I mean, Sponishes like this
4: is, me. this is probably before all this started. He's he's something of a workaholic. Um, I think he probably collects something. I'm not sure. Like I don't think it would be stamps or coins or anything quite that cliche. But I think he probably collects something just a little bit weird. <laughs>
3: And the final one from yep. Prid, I'm going to answer this one for you. Oh, okay. Is there any chance of a two hour long Christmas special? Yes, definitely. No! We're writing one you, right you, now. No! Uh,
4: I've got, it's, I mean, this, what?
3: So the, the, the answer I'm is. Alex is saying no. This the is the first time hearing no. of this. Yes, of course we'd love to. No. A two hour Christmas special might kill our editors. Pretty sure it's in my contract. No, definitely, definitely
4: a two hour special. Don't listen to Alex. It's definitely going to happen.
3: Next question is from M. Stop. Oh it's for me. How much input do I have in performing characters compared to Johnny's text? Not as much input as you have in whether or not we get to do our Christmas special. <laughs> so in in general when you're getting down to like the individual episode level so my my role when it comes to the scripts is I help on the really really big picture cuz mm-hmm. like I'm a story editor and part of that is like Move this protagonist here. This this thing yep, isn't yep. going to work necessarily. So I help in the sort of really big broad strokes, and then right down into the dialogue. So yep. I don't really touch Johnny's statements. Any of the like big pr- pros, it's, it's not my bag. And um, when it comes to the dialogue, I think I have a lot more input. And certainly, I'd say with Martin. There's been yeah. a few times where I've probably suggested a more Martin way of doing oh, yeah, the like, problem.
4: I think you get an input on a lot of the characters when it comes down to that yeah, play, in terms of the dialogue.
3: This next one, again remember, lot I'll stop, and it's for you specifically. Cool, cool, cool. In writing and steering the Magnus Archives, have you ever been inspired by performance of the cast to try and push their boundaries further? Can we give an example of a time when a voice actor's performance has impacted the writing specifically?
4: Um, it's less that it will impact the writing and more that often I'll have, uh, we'll have a character who's intended as a one shot, uh, and then they'll come in, they'll give their performance and they'll leave. And me and Alex will look at each other and be like, that character's coming back. You can uh, just tell. So it tends to be that, uh, rather than changing how a character is, it'll make us make the character more important if we
3: really like how their voice acted. Okay, this next one's from Undeclared Milk. Mm -hmm. Excellent name via Reddit. Is there any chance we'll ever get to hear Johnny sing? Uh, I mean, there's a chance.
4: We're not going to do like a musical episode, but I mean, who knows what might happen.
3: This next one's from Christiana, Reddit. The Magnus Archives doesn't pretend to be real like other shows, like the Black Tapes do. Mm. But have we ever considered any sort of ARG element to the series? Considered, yes. ARGs, that
4: sort of thing very resource intensive yeah and yeah, yeah. the sort of resources that to be honest i'm much more inclined to put our time towards making the show as good as it can be
3: yeah again it's a it's a thing it's exactly the kind of thing that i would normally be all over but but i'd love it we, if we, we had the time but we can die yeah i'd rather put the energy like you say into, into the show itself yeah next one's from Gulbasaur via mm-hmm. Reddit. Do we have a planning process for pacing the episodes? Is there a big spreadsheet somewhere with Jane Prentice Spider's one-shot table written down the side for tracking and things like that? Yes, there is.
4: There is exactly that table. (laughs) um, And it is currently being filled out for season three.
3: And hidden. Don't go looking for it. Yeah, obviously. You won't find it. it, I mean, it's mine. (laughs) (laughs) This next one's from Crystal Requiem via Reddit. As someone who dabbles in writing... I find I have trouble creating a wide array of distinct characters and personalities, but you seem to develop a new one every episode. How do you develop so many distinct personalities?
4: Uh, generally, I will take a single aspect that really interests me, either from somebody I know or often just from me, a particular aspect of my own personality, and then I will extrapolate it. And I find like coming up with the voice is the key and once once i've got the first few lines if i've got the first few lines right mm-hmm. i find the rest of the character flows quite naturally
3: sure have we ever had to change a statement because it was too similar to something that's come out previously we've had to change what we were going to do like it's the sort of
4: thing where when we're planning it uh i might throw out an idea and alex will say oh actually we've done quite a lot of yeah, that yeah. sort of story maybe try it in from a different angle we've
3: never reached the point where we had to change it but then again i think it's both a thing that we're really quite yeah. careful of so it's not really come up like that
4: yeah i've certainly never turned up to a recording with a script uh i need to have alex say this is too similar let's change it mm.
3: and finally from crystal requiem mm-hmm. as opposed to the statements everything caught on tape at the archives is acted rather than narrated sure what sort of strategies do we use to help the audience understand what they're hearing That's a really, really good question, and it's really difficult to answer because we had a lot of talks about it at the start of this series of how we were going to make it work. uh, The short
4: answer is think about it a lot beforehand uh, and discuss it at length. Um, There are all sorts of dodges and kind of cheats that radio especially has um, historically used for this find that there are some great books on uh radio writing and uh, writing for audio that i strongly
3: this. advise everyone who listens to this to go out and listen it's in the public domain mm-hmm. and it's called this gun in my right hand is loaded yeah um it is a it's a comedy radio piece where they do everything that you should not do in order to help teach people you know how to not do it basically yeah. Listen to that. What we do is the exact opposite of that, but it's, it's a great laugh to listen to. But yeah, a lot of it is finding ways to really signpost and telegraph to an audience what's going on and to contextualize things in such a way that not it even that it's in, not even that a way that it's invisible, just that people will accept, yeah. you know, so it'd be little things like um, John mentioning that he was carrying a pipe. Everyone's that, aware oh, that God
4: the, the 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 number of iterations we had to go through to get that one sounding even remotely natural.
3: <laughs> well, again, otherwise you end up with I am carrying a pipe in my hand. Like, yeah, yeah. But again, every audiences realize sometimes when you're trying to do it, and they they play the game with you.
4: Yeah, audiences are very forgiving for that sort of thing.
3: Next one's from Hybrid Theorist Twelve in Reddit. Ooh. Is the entity calling itself Michael inspired by the manga Uzumaki? Oh. Um, That's
4: a very good question. Uh, The answer is uh, not directly. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of uh, Junji Ito's works, Mm -hmm. uh, especially... uh, And Uzumaki's one that I really like because the idea of malicious concepts really appeals to me. Something about the... I'd never have guessed. The idea of a spiral deciding to hate you and mess with your life, that that tickles me. So while Michael is not directly uh, inspired by uh, Uzumaki... Uh, I would definitely cite it as an influence.
3: Mm. Next question is from Fux... Fuxcutton. Fuxcutton. On Reddit, Kutten. Who is Martin's favourite poet?
4: Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I think he's probably... Uh, I mean, Wordsworth... I think he probably less has a favourite poet and more uh, really has a... Favorite poetry collections. Hmm. He strikes me as someone whose poetry is much more uh, based on the anthologies he's read than uh, diving deep into the work of any specific poet. Observe that said, I poetry th- for beginners, that kind uh, of the, thing. the the Dragon Book <laughs> of Poetry, that sort of thing. Um, that said, I think he probably has a soft spot for Wordsworth and Keats and that lot.
3: Okay, another one from Fixcutten. What happens if you ask Michael when is a door not a door? He undoes you. How much of what's been revealed in season two was planned from the beginning? Obviously, GR Bookworm 1818 must have been, but how about characters like Leitner? Uh,
4: I mean, Leitner specifically was absolutely uh, planned from the beginning. We were talking about Um, Leitner at day one, really. Oh, absolutely. But things like the exact manner of his reveal, Mm -hmm. um, that has changed slightly from what was uh, originally planned. The superstructure of the plot has been 100% set from day one, but a lot of the individual stuff while they are planned in advance what they end up becoming uh, and where they end up connecting often changes in the writing and uh, how the story naturally develops
3: the way i always think of it is the bigger the detail the more likely it is to have been thought of at the start and yep. then the, the more fine the more nuanced it gets the more likely it's probably had a bit of a more winding path to get to. Where and we it have
4: a lot of very important floating story elements yeah. that will definitely come to fruition, but the exact details of when and where they're going to land are mm-hmm. going to depend on a lot of other factors.
3: How come Jürgen Leitner is said to be Norwegian when his name seems to be German? Um,
4: because of uh, multiple apparently inaccurate lists of Norwegian baby names. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Pears or apples?
4: Personally, I prefer an apple. Because you're correct. That's that's the objective. Although, although I will say, uh, I prefer apple juice to an apple. You're mad. Because, I mean, it's just a lot of chewing. It's a lot of work eating an apple. That's why it's so rewarding. Okay. Yeah, but no, it's just eating a glass of apple juice. You We're get the same on.
3: vitamins. You don't need to be chewing like a goat all the time. It's good for you, right? Next one's from Cardvark on Reddit. Mm hmm. Are certain episodes of the Magnus Archives inspired by your own deep-set fears and phobias? And if so, what are they? I know we've answered this one before. Uh, yes, most of them. Uh, I'm scared all the time. I keep discovering new ones thanks to this show. Yeah. Specifically, trypophobia and, um, I forgot what it's called, fear of abysses. Oh, uh, I mean, you're welcome in both cases. Oh, thanks. Next one. Pyongya. I like that name. On Reddit. Do any of the statements that we feature have a perfectly reasonable explanation behind them?
4: No. Uh, There are plenty of statements in the Magnus Institute that do, but they are not the ones you are hearing.
3: Next one's from Bobble Woo via Reddit again. All the statements that involve people with jobs like sailor or antiquities dealer seem really well detailed. Have you worked a lot of jobs, do a lot of research, or do you just make stuff up good? Oh, while I would love
4: to have had uh, a life of a diver and an antiquities dealer and a garbage man and an abattoir worker, well, maybe not. Uh, government but uh a lot of research a lot of research um and lots of obscure forums and i guess a
3: certain degree of making stuff up good <laughs> if you couldn't make stuff up good we wouldn't be here yeah true enough this next one's from purple topo via reddit do tim martin and john ever hang out or interact outside of work hours uh they used to uh, <sighs> not so much since series 2 started
4: not uh, not not so a lot beforehand, but, I mean, they would occasionally have had, like, a work function, I think. Possibly a, a curry night around Christmas,
3: that sort of thing. It wasn't fun for John, I suppose. Oh, no. Jo- John... <laughs> yeah. John went. Martin had a great time. Oh, yeah. If Leitner didn't make the books, will you ever reveal who did? Or is every book unique in how it was created and there are multiple authors? You are assuming that a book needs to be written. <laughs> Who does the Archivist consider his best friend? Does he think of any of the people he knows as friends? At this stage, I'm not sure that the Archivist has many friends. Um, But I guess we'll see, won't we? (laughs) If all of the Eldritch forces have different origins and different allegiances, does that mean there are some who might have a reason to actually help John as opposed to going after him?
4: Oh, I mean, I suppose theoretically... You know that would be that would be quite a narratively rich vein to explore, don't you think, Alex? <laughs> Pfft, what would
3: I know? What would I know? I yeah. Just ask the questions. But uh, it's it's all very unlikely. I think <laughs> <laughs> are the writer and actor Jonathan Sims and the archivist Jonathan Sims right. at all alike, or do the similarities end in the shared name or voice? I mean, I don't think they're super alike.
4: Um, like a lot of his a lot of his aspects are. Small aspects
3: of my own personality turned up to 11. I just think you mind the bits of yourself that you don't particularly like. I mean, yeah. And then and then just built a personality around them.
4: <laughs> no, I mind the bits of myself that are
3: useful in a horror protagonist. And now the last one. Sure. Last question we've got. Do we have favourite episodes and or moments from season two? Yes. Cool, so thanks for listening.
4: <laughs> yes, no, I'm just thinking through uh,
3: season two. Um, I really liked how the Michael stuff came out. Yeah, my, um, like the Michael stuff has come I, out really nicely. When we originally were doing Michael, I had an instinct that it might, really grab people if we handled it right Mm. and spent a long long time trying to get michael right you know with the laugh and with the way he is with the doors and and, again with all of the sort of direction side never mind the writing side which obviously was in your hands so i'd probably say the michael bits have been my favorite just because I said that sometimes writing these big, sprawling things and working on them yeah, is yeah. like playing a game. I feel like that was a that was a really nice trick shot where I hoped it would come together, and it did, and people engaged with it, and it came out as so much more than it could have been. For me, a lot of it
4: comes down to when a voice actor really nails what I felt the character was about, so... Um, Imogen, who played Harold uh, Richardson she in the did Michael a great episode, job, really um, good. Uh, Carrie, who played Mary Key.
3: Carrie's terrifying. Oh, yeah, she's so
4: scary. She's the scariest
3: uh, person I've ever met in the best way possible.
4: I also really enjoyed actually. The tale of a field hospital was quite fun because I genuinely really enjoy going through old, weird, obscure books, especially if they're not overtly creepy, and just seeing which bits can be reinterpreted as a sinister uh, because the majority of the stuff uh, in that episode was taken directly from that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and a- also fatigue because I just I stayed up really, really late. Um, didn't sleep for a long time and then I wrote it. With a deadline? Yeah. Why, why would it need editing? <laughs> I wrote it on zero
3: sleep and it's about not, not having any sleep. So I think that's everything. I think that's all of the yes. questions. Wow. So... As always, um thank you so much to everyone who has been engaging on the forums, engaging via so Reddit, everyone who's been um basically throwing us money via Patreon. You are literally facilitating this moving forward. I'm I'm sat in a studio with Johnny that never would have happened. It's so thanks to beautiful. you guys. We are generating extra content, we are looking at expanding and it's all very much thanks for that support. Thanks to everyone who's been sharing it via social media, Twitter, Facebook. Obviously, get involved. Yeah. Um. But mostly just thanks for spreading the word. Like, I mean, keep doing it. Yeah. No, don't don't stop. Please don't stop. But thank you for doing <laughs> what you've done so far. Because it ge- genuinely, the scale of this is directly I'm determined so by away. what support people have been giving. Yeah. Um, and the more support we get, the more we just increase the scale of what we get to do. And I I like that. And as an additional thing, if you have the time, um, we currently have a questionnaire set up on the website and so on, where basically if you take the time to go on there, provide us with just some anonymized information, it allows us to basically better target our ads and -hmm. lets us keep this thing free. And it just helps pay the bills, basically. So if you're able to do that, please do head to the website and just uh, fill in the questionnaire. It is anonymous, but that would really help us out. But I think that's was done. Thank yeah. you again as always for coming along Johnny. Go have a I mean, rest. No have problem asleep. at all. I mean go uh, get you, married uh, maybe. Do, do,
4: you mean, do you mean go obsessively write content for season 3? That's
3: what I said. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So uh until then I guess we'll we'll see you all later. Okay.
4: See you in season 3.
3: Bye guys.
2: or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and see you later.